0: Thank you for stopping by at the Movie Marquee. Our podcast reviews well-known movies and contains spoilers. The podcast may contain mature subject matter and mature language. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy the show.
1: Welcome, everyone, to the Movie Marquee. Today's showing is the 1982 release, Rocky Three.
2: With me, as always, is Ted. I've seen wrestlers as big as dinosaurs. You ever fought a dinosaur, kid? And Ken. To all my love slaves out there,
0: Thunderlips is here. In the flesh, baby. The ultimate male versus the ultimate meatballs. <laughs>
1: and for first time, our celebrity guest, Justin Cooper. He ain't gonna kiss you. he's gonna
3: kill you.
1: And I'm Eric. There is no tomorrow! I did it as Burgess Meredith, and it's not Burgess Meredith! That's alright, we'll keep it rolling there. We're gonna have some fun today, folks. Like I said, we have a celebrity in our midst today. Justin, say hi, Justin.
4: Hi guys, how you doing? I, I didn't take the bait there, Eric. So. That's
1: alright, that's alright. You know, Justin, kick us off here with some plugs of your podcast that you do.
4: You can check out a couple shows that I do. Uh, one is uh, called Geek Life HQ. You know, we've, we've done a couple big interviews on it. It's, it's kind of just like a geek lifestyle show where we talk about movies, fantastic podcast, which actually Ken and uh, Ted have been on. You talk about something that is like, you're really passionate about your, your fandom, that kind of stuff. We've had episodes on Resident Evil, the video game, Jurassic Park, Top 10 Beatles songs, Metallica, that kind of stuff. And my other show is called The Epic Tales from the Sewers. It's all about Ninja Turtles. I interview the uh, creators, uh, including I've had Kevin Eastman on. just talk to the comic book artists and actually go through and do the voices of the characters when I uh, cover the comics.
1: Well, welcome. We're glad to have you on uh, the Movie Marquee here and hope you have some fun and uh, talk a little bit about Rocky Three.
2: Ted, give us the particulars of this one. Rocky 3 was directed and written by Sylvester Stallone. It has a running time of 100 minutes. It comes with a release date of May 28, 1982, so we have a Memorial Day release. And it had a budget of $17 million and it had a box office gross of $270 million. Woohoo, big money. Wow. Still making money. Still making money. Right up until the one we don't talk about. and <laughs> That's right. <laughs> for our cast, we have Sylvester Stallone reprising his role as Robert Rocky Balboa, Talia Shire as Adrian Balboa, Burt Young as Paulie Panino, Carl Weathers comes back as Apollo Creed, Burgess Meredith as Michael Mickey Goldmill, Tony Burton as Tony Duke Evers, With newcomers, Mr. T as Clubber Lang and Hulk Hogan as Thunderlips. Very cool. We got some newcomers to this one here. What did the uh, critics think of this one? On Rotten Tomatoes, it has a critic score of 66%, so we're just below the Certified Fresh. And it has an audience score of 74%, so overall positive. Here again, going back and looking through the reviews here again from 1982, it was hard to find a whole bunch of actual critics reviews on either side the negative side will start with vincent canby of the new york times he said mr stallone the star of rocky 3 as well as its writer and director is hard put to find problems with which to freight his gold mine of a character now that rocky has everything and nigel andrews of the financial times here again, I said I was <laughs> scraping the bottom of the barrel. Wall Street Journal says Rocky is the <laughs> winner. I'd actually take the Wall Street <laughs> Journal over the Financial Times Uh-oh. invest in
4: turtles <laughs> right, like, exactly
2: Rocky was a right hook that hit satisfyingly home. Rocky two was a good follow up left. Rocky three is a redundant flurry of fisticuffs long after the match has been won, and the referee has raised the victor's arm on the positive side. We had Derek Malcolm from The Guardian. He said, It would be true to say that Stallone has improved as a director, delivering a short, almost staccato movie, which zips through the whole fable fast enough to prevent familiarity breeding contempt. And Bruce McCabe of the Boston Globes said, in Rocky 3 Rocky Balboa achieves a peace and contentment with both his strengths and weaknesses that he hasn't shown before. He's still growing. Rocky IV, he finds peace with uh, the Soviet Union. He, you know, the he, cure, he, he cures communism. I didn't find Gene Siskel or Roger Ebert's written reviews, but I did catch... Their review on their Chicago show, Sneak Peeks, which is, again, the predecessor to At The Movies. Gene Siskel said, it's not as good as the previous two, and there's nothing new here. The most interesting relationships with Rocky go ignored. I found myself bored, missing the unique writing, and ultimately we are left with a tired and loud film. Unique Uh writing? Okay. I, yeah. Uh-huh. That's a stretch right. in the first two, but. Yo. Roger Ebert said he enjoyed the fights, especially the final fight. The character that was Rocky is no longer there, but replaced by a louder version that's lost a human relatable dimension. He likes Apollo Creed. He's the best part of the movie, but he's confused as to why they changed him from a brass champion to a noble sage-like character. Both gave a negative no recommendation for the movie. Wow. And here again, that's before the thumbs-up, thumbs-down that we do to come and love through at the movies. We'll assume it's thumbs-down. Right, yeah. that's what yeah. would have turned into a thumbs-down. <laughs> Bummer, I was hoping for a little bit better from the boys there. Yeah, they were both really kind of negative about the whole experience, and it's interesting because we came off of Rocky Two, where they were both so positive and both even stated at the end of their review and for Rocky 2 that they were both looking forward to Rocky 3 those guys so, they I...
1: each loved Rocky 2 oh
2: yeah you know? they they Creamy loved in it in their shorts i don't know what You have the... the
4: option of watching all of the rockies in a row too where it's like back then right. when they're given this review it's you know similar to your your lethal weapons you know, where it's like, if you're just watching one and two and then there's three and then four, you know, it's like, all right, you can watch them all through and be like, wow, two is terrible or two is great. You know, if you are Ken, you know, it's a circumstance where now you can look at them all as a, a fluid thing because I've never seen another movie where the last five minutes of the previous movie is the first five <laughs> minutes of the next one.
2: Never right. seen that. That's one of the complaints that I have about at least his first three. I don't even remember four. If it starts off the same way, but yes, it, um, does. it starts yeah. out with the fight, right? It's yeah. It's, it's just but a weird it's way. Stallone to... didn't direct four, correct?
0: No, he directed. Oh, he did do. He, did, he, did, he, did,
2: he didn't direct five, the one don't we like
1: don't
4: talk about. Five. Five. Yeah, there is no. <laughs> we don't five. talk about when he fights Vanilla Ice. <laughs> we yeah, we no. don't we don't talk about
1: that movie.
2: Yeah, no. Only Suge Knight fought Vanilla Ice. That's <laughs> a, <that's, laughs> oh, jeez. That was not yeah. fight. <laughs> that's that's another story. Well,
0: Ken. Give
1: us the plot. Looking forward to it.
0: Three years after winning the World Heavyweight Championship against Apollo Creed, Rocky Balboa has a string of 10 successful title defenses. His fame, wealth, endorsements, and celebrity profile have increased, leading him to participate in an exhibition charity event against the World Heavyweight Wrestling Champion, Thunderlips. No one does that much for charity but Bob Hope. Rocky's manager, Mickey, is worried about a new powerful contender rapidly rising through the ranks named Clubber Lang. During an unveiling of the statue in in honor of Rocky, Rocky announces his retirement. While announcing his retirement, Rocky is publicly challenged by Clubber Lang. Clubber accuses Rocky of being a paper champion and intentionally ducking him as the number one contender. Lang then makes a sexually suggestive comment towards Rocky's wife, Adrian, which infuriates Rocky, and he accepts Clubber's challenge. Mickey initially wants no part of it. Pressed by Rocky, Mickey confesses that he has handpicked his opponents for his title defenses in order to spare him from another beating like the kind that he got from Creed in their previous fights. He explains that Clubber will knock him into tomorrow and that Rocky won't last three rounds because he hasn't been hungry ever since he won the title and became civilized. Rocky, now knowing that he never really defended his title against the best competition, convinces Mickey to work with him for one last fight. Despite his promise to Mickey to live in the gym, Rocky trains in a Vegas-style environment that is filled with distractions and is clearly not taking his training seriously. In contrast, Clever trains with ruthless determination. On the night of the fight, pandemonium breaks out backstage as Mickey is shoved violently by Clubber, causing Mickey to suffer a heart attack. Rocky wants to call off the match, but Mickey urges him to go out there and do it, get it over with. Rocky is both unprepared and is severely distracted by his mentor's condition. The match begins with Rocky pounding Lane with several huge blows, looking for an early knockout, but he cannot put Clubber down due to his own lack of conditioning. Clever quickly recovers and takes charge, dominating Rocky and knocking him out in the second round, winning the World Heavyweight Championship. After the match, Rocky tells a dying Mickey that the match ended in the second round with a knockout without saying who the victor was. Mickey dies right after he says, I love you, kid. Rocky lapses into severe depression over Mickey's death. Stopping by Mickey's gym, Rocky encounters his former rival, Apollo Creed. Reed offers to help train Rocky for a rematch against Clever in exchange for a future favor, which Rocky accepts. Apollo then takes Rocky to the gym where he once trained in Los Angeles. Apollo is infuriated with Rocky's lack of effort. However, Rocky regains his focus after Adrian helps him come to terms with Mickey's death. Apollo and his manager Duke infuse Rocky's undisciplined brawling style with more skills and speed. After months of training, the rematch takes place. At the outset of the match, Rocky sprints from his corner, battering Lang with a level of skill and spirit that no one had ever expected. Rocky completely dominates the first round, leaving Clever enraged and bewildered after the bell. Clever gains the upper hand in the second round, and Rocky adopts an entirely different strategy that angers and confuses Apollo by intentionally taking a beating from Clever. Clever, who is used to winning with swift knockouts in early rounds, becomes increasingly furious over Rocky's taunts. He quickly exhausts his energy trying to finish Rocky off with repeated knockout blows, which Rocky blocks or dodges. With Kleber rattled and vulnerable, Rocky outboxes Clever with a flurry of punches, culminating with a brutal knockout to reclaim the heavyweight championship of the world. Afterwards, Rocky fulfills Apollo's favor, a third private rematch with him. The film concludes without showing the result, but freezes into an oil painting of the two boxers simultaneously throwing the first punch, showing two equally skilled athletes the end.
1: And and a little Survivor music at the end there.
0: Oh, you got to love the Survivor music for this movie. Got to love it. Ding, ding.
1: All right. Let's uh, talk about the first time we saw this movie. Let's kick it off with Justin. When's the first time you saw this one, Justin?
4: This may surprise you. The third one I actually saw about five years ago for the first time.
1: That surprises me.
4: I hadn't watched all the Rockies all the way through and I did uh, manage two different blockbuster videos, but for some reason, you know, I had not seen all of three. So I'm like, okay, I've seen one, I've seen two, I've seen four, and I've seen the one that you don't like, you know, and I even saw Rocky Balboa and I'm like, all right, how did I miss three? Well, Mr. T and all that. So yeah, five years ago, I ended up picking up the uh, box set at Walmart one through uh, five. I I just watched them all the way through. There's five. There's five. <laughs> Actually, there's Rocky Eight, Adrian's Revenge. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, if you're a Simpsons fan, so
1: or 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 Airplane, Rocky five thousand <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. that's Spaceballs. 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 That's right. That's Spaceballs. right. Yes. But yes. Airplane
0: Two has that billboard of Rocky, and it looks like it's, he's like eighty-eight years old or something. <laughs> right. He's got yeah. all these did a
4: song um, on his album theme from Rocky the Thirteenth.
0: Rocky the Thirteenth,
4: <laughs> yeah, where he's uh fat and weak, what a disgrace! He bought the neighborhood deli, you know, kind of <laughs> prophetic for when Rocky Balboa comes out.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, how about you, Ted? It would have been when I was a kid because I I liked Rocky so, and of course I liked Mr. T because I watched the A Team. Rocky Three is one that I've come to find out that this played on cable TV quite a bit, TNT and um. Various other outlets have showed Rocky. Well, most 3. likely that's where uh, Ken saw it, right? Ken probably would have seen <laughs> it on pay cable. So, sure. Ultimately, what I've come to realize—I guess it had been a quite a while since I had seen him, and I didn't think it was that long. Even with Rocky Three here, I found myself remembering things that didn't happen in the right way. It's almost like seeing a part of it like with fresh eyes again, especially Rocky 1 and 2. And I, I think I had mentioned that there were parts that I just either probably forgotten or just remembered them in a different way. So uh, out of the whole series, this is one of my favorites.
1: I'm glad I'm not alone then. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, mm-hmm. nope. I think you're in good company there. Uh, for me, this is obviously the third one in the series. As I've said before, I saw Rocky 4 in the theater in 1985. Second movie I ever saw in the theater. And then after that, I rented all of the Rockies probably in 1986 when they still had the big old cardboard boxes in the Mm -hmm. VHS. I remember renting all those and I watched all of them. Kind of like uh, Ted, I don't remember a lot of Rocky III. I completely forgot that Hulk Hogan was even in this. I completely forgot that Thunderlip's character was even in there and that exhibition. So that was completely new to me. I probably haven't seen this movie since 1986. So for me, it's like kind of new eyes too. What about you, Ken?
0: So amazingly enough, the first time I watched this was at church. We had a um, TV there and a VCR. And this might have been one of the first movies I ever saw on VCR. (laughs) A bunch of the kids of my age, which probably at that time was probably around 10, 10, 11 years old, somewhere around there. We're just all gathering and we're just all having a good time watching the Rocky movie because it's a lot of lot of boxing in this movie. A lot of mm-hmm. montages and training and a lot of fighting. When I think about it, I'm not sure if I saw Rocky 3 first or Rocky first. But since then, I it was a main stand cable. I watched it all the time. It's been a few years since I recently watched it, but I watched it with my son the other day. And I was just quoting lines
2: left and right. And he's just like, would you stop it? I'm trying to watch the movie. But I just can't help it, because there's so many <laughs> great lines in this movie. I wonder if part of the reason that I have some of the memories that I have is because it was edited for television for time. Oh, that, You don't and want to watch so a movie that way the I first think time, I, man. No, I, I get that, but I wonder if that's what's stuck in my mind. Because I've always thought that the movie started with the Thunder Lips part. I can't remember if the regular cable television version that would have been edited for television, I wonder if that's where the movie started. It's kind of interesting how
0: this movie does start because it does start with the repeat and then it goes into a montage. We love montages and this and movie I, has tons and of- I don't and mm-hmm. I never
2: I never remembered that. I wonder if that's what has kind of distorted my view of the Rocky movies and that's what's stuck in my mind rather than the actual vhs version that was the real movie i had seen it some all of the movies so many times on cable that that was just what stuck in my mind
0: now no, i, I think don't might-
2: have that same problem with four because four i've watched multiple times through streaming and through blu-ray and everything. rocky four is such an iconic movie of people of our age I think definitely. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely agree with that.
1: That is the one that sticks out of people of our our age somewhere, you know, between that 40 and 50 year old age group. I think Rocky Four is the one that sticks out with everyone.
0: I think what it is is with Rocky Four, it's kind of like more of our introduction. Rocky Four is like the first movie I saw of Rockies in the theater. Oh, that's true. Most of us probably watched one through three very close together. I know a lot of people who get one and two mixed up all the time because. It's in a lot of ways the same movie because he's fighting Apollo in both movies. And some people didn't realize that Rocky even lost the first fight.
2: So,
4: yeah, what, I thought, what's the mix I up? The chicken, You've got red and white I, trunks and black and yellow trunks, you
2: know. Yeah, I thought the whole chicken chicken training sequence was in the original Rocky. And mm. I forgot that basically Rocky didn't do a whole lot of training for the first Apollo Creed fight. I thought the whole training montage from two was in one. So I was all discombobulated, but I do not have... Any confusion about what happens in four. But these first three have been interesting going back and watching them mm-hmm. and being like, I don't remember this. And there's parts, we're going to get to some of the parts, especially with Polly. I sure didn't remember. Let's kick it off here with Polly as we're as we're starting to move forward with it. Uh, obviously, uh, Polly's uh, drinking again, clearly. And I guess he thinks he's Marlon Brando from a little bit, Godfather? A little bit. Yeah, a little Marlon Brando there. A very different dark way to start his character it was um i don't think so i think
0: it's a it's a bring back to his character because if we think about it, when we were reviewing two we were looking at as polly was a different character than one one yeah. we have we have polly a
4: wrong, asshole
2: but we he was but yeah he was he became but he was he became doing a
4: loan shark enforcer yeah
0: yeah, yeah.
2: He, he, but he was doing okay financially in two it was Rocky who was going to him for basically looking for money. Polly, who I guess the loan shark collecting business has taken a hit, and <laughs> I mean, he's the one that's poor now, but he still thinks of himself as this two-bit hood who carries more street cred with the mafia that he really does like have. it's
1: 1950 still no, yeah I don't
0: know I don't know if he's actually doing worse. I think what it is, and this is kind of Polly throughout the three movies. Is he's better when he's doing better than you are? So right now, Rocky's oh, doing time. better than Polly, and now Polly's being jealous. He might be doing just fine. He might not. He might still be the enforcer. We don't know. I think the only reason that we don't have the the loan shark in this movie is I think he passed away before this movie was made. So I think that's one of the reasons why we don't even we lost, know. He lost
4: his job. He's like, "Can I have a job?" You know, he like gets, that's that's yes. what he's doing. Like he's down on his luck. And he's just in real life, though. The
0: the guy who was the the loan shark had actually passed away. He was actually a friend of Sylvester Stallone's, but I I think he just wants a job because he wants to make more money. He wants to do something different. He's jealous. He's so jealous. clearly jealous. He moves in Mickey, which I don't blame him for being jealous to a certain extent. Rocky's your best friend. You married his sister. And then you move in the guy who Mm. didn't want, who, who kicked you out of. You're, you know you're,
1: you're here we go away. throwing that best friend card around but i don't rocky,
2: use best friend, but here's the thing about rocky that. says the same thing to Polly that Polly says to rocky when rocky's down on his luck all you have to do is ask yeah right uh, that's kind of a jab at back at Polly because Polly didn't help rocky when he was down on his luck and two after he's hit financial trouble he is spiteful and resentful it's bad they're both very yeah. proud. Oh yeah, it's definitely a macho thing. It's a stereotype of the Italian American male, is what it is. Paulie
4: doesn't have depth to him too. Like if you think about it, it's right. like you could pull him out of like Archie Bunker mixed with Sonny from Godfather or something like that. It's like mm-hmm. Italian stereotype. That's kind of him. He's gross. You know, it's uh,
1: he's one dimensional. He he really yeah. is. Yeah. And
4: there's small glimpses in two where you see him be a person. Where he's like, "Hey, Adrian, you okay?" It's like okay, you were the guy who was like literally yelling at her, and you're trying to sell your sister off in the first movie. So it's like now, now you're the caring, concerned brother. I'm like, ah, I don't know if I he's, buy that.
2: He's lost all depth from the first movie. Now it's just a caricature. He's, well, he's lost all depth,
1: and and how many how many IQ points do you think Rocky went up in this movie? Because, uh, man, he, he's doing commercials. He's walking and talking. He's putting words and sentences together. American totally Express. different character. I laugh yeah. every
4: time I see him in those heeled boots that he has. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just like, and I start thinking of Nighthawks.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, I just recently watched it because I own that movie uh, Nighthawks as well. But I
4: don't hate that movie. I like watching I like it. for it. Pure spectacle.
0: You I know, like <laughs> what are they wearing? <laughs> I will say this about the Polly character because I think Justin, what you are saying about Archie Bunker is almost spot on because of the way he talks about black people the los angeles yeah black people in los angeles neighborhood and stuff like that it's like if you put archie bunker in that situation that's exactly what he would have said he's
1: got the cigar and everything too yeah
0: yeah
4: Yeah. yeah. absolutely and rocky is able to maintain that sweetness from the first one to a large extent but not completely he's got like that that little bit where he's like Oh, yeah, look at these people. Oh, I don't want to talk to them. He's like, oh, maybe they don't want to talk to you. You know, it's like, oh, okay, that's cool. That's the the Rocky from <laughs> the beginning.
2: That's a great Stallone, <laughs> yeah. man. You're right on. Yeah. My image of Polly is Polly uh, from Rocky Four, And where he's more Having of a fun lovable. With robots. <laughs> yeah, he's more of a lovable type of goofy type of character. He's definitely not here. No, he's a piece of crap. Except the time I mean, where he's
0: going over the horse racing for him with his uh, oh, his yeah. nephew.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that's funny. But for the rest of the movie, he's just a gigantic POS, man. And I think they did that to
0: make him the comic foil at the end. So, like, when Rocky's training and he's doing the swimming, he's doing really good. He comes up and he pulls, pulls Paulie into yeah. the
2: pool with him. I,
0: I that was funny. That. It's, <laughs> kind of a, it's kind of a setup for Paulie's redemption at the end. Because we see Paulie later... Telling Apollo that he did good. Oh, okay. All of a sudden, Polly's changed. He's he's a better man now.
2: I actually hated the fact that Apollo thanks Polly for the compliment. I wanted Apollo to just face wash him and just. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone wrote all these
4: words and. Apollo Creed is delivering these lines and stuff. And I'm like, I can't picture Sylvester Stallone as Rocky, you know, writing down Apollo Creed's lines and, uh, and like him delivering them. I'm like, that blows my friggin' head off.
2: I think Sylvester Stallone, especially in Rocky and even to a certain extent in Rocky too, I think he does very good with dialogue. He loses the dialogue here. That's what Gene Siskel, I think, is getting at when he said what he said in his review as far as the writing here. Rocky is a kind of a lovable oaf, and that character's gone. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a simpleton. Yeah. Yeah. Eric, you hit the nail on the head. It's like he had intelligence beat into him by Apollo Creed. He was (laughs) like like Boo
0: Radley, you know? There was a transference of Apollo Creed into Rocky Balboa, because now he talks well. And he's actually doing some of the things that Apollo would do. Like, he wins a fight and then takes a bow. You know, right. he's doing these charity events he's basically Apollo creed now he's not taking things seriously because he thinks he could beat everybody that's why Mickey says that he's not hungry anymore is because he's civilized
2: and he's no the longer, second time he
4: tried to retire too so
2: right like Michael Jordan. He's, he's no longer <laughs> he's no longer the rocky marciano type he's turned completely into a Muhammad Ali type of champion there's a couple of things that are really kind of Taken from real life here, the opponents that he has after winning the title, there was a couple of different eras of boxing that is kind of spoofed here. And of course, this would have been before Tyson. There was a period of time where Joe Lewis, when he was champion, they called it the bum of the month club, where, (laughs) where they would just bring whatever bum... In what they would do is they would artificially jack his rankings up to get him into a legitimate fight and Joe Lewis would knock him out in like two rounds. And so Joe Lewis never had to really fight anybody there for a long time until Max Schmeling came along. And then you had the the Nazis versus the Americans that was Max Schmeling versus Joe Lewis. And then the bum of the month club came up again with Tyson you had Tyson against the Bum of the Month until he became, <laughs> when he became champion. And then he, actually, there's two versions of the Bum of the Month Club for Tyson. And then you have his post-conviction and post-release from prison Tyson, where that was the Bum of the Month Club as well, because he kept fighting all of these no-account fighters, essentially. Well, you could say the
0: same thing about Muhammad Ali. Because, like, after we got past George Foreman, we kind of see a lot of mediocre fighters that Muhammad Ali I, I wouldn't call ken
2: norton jr mediocre
0: but if i went down down the list i bet you i can pick out four fights during that period of time where those guys were completely bummed.
2: because you remember wepner was supposed to be a bum of the month and wepner turned into rocky where he took him 14 right. rounds
0: by that time Muhammad Ali's skill has diminished i mean we by the time we get to larry holmes at the end of his career Larry Holmes beat the crap out of him because he had nothing right right that was just he beat him into retirement right that's just a start there of I think the the decline from Muhammad Ali and I think Sylvester Stallone is smart to use a lot of these storylines that he sees throughout boxing history people that like boxing like you guys can relate to all this yeah, but the well yeah, runs I mean, out after Rocky Three, though. So. Rocky, uh,
2: so, <laughs> Sylvester Sylvester Stallone even said that he ran out of material for Rocky Three and Four, and so that's why it's more montage based and more training and actually more fights. Because this is the first movie we get to see more than one fight. There's some pretty good, good fights in this thing too, and the, well, we the, see I think fights. there
1: are.
0: We see straight fights. We have two rounds of the in the beginning, Clever, and we have three rounds with Clever at the end, but they're full rounds. They're not like brief periods or just like a glimpse of around here and a glimpse of around there. It's a full fight, and I think that changes the dynamic of what we're watching here. Right. So, like you said, because the fact that we don't have the dialogue that we're used to having in the first two movies, it's replaced with action, and for some of us, that's a good thing.
2: It really does, but... It's a double edged sword because then you lose then you lose some of what made both of the movies uh, not iconic, is not, that not the right word? It's Special. more endearing, endearing, is what endearing. I was is looking for. Because even here, Adrian is not nearly as fleshed out anymore as she She's was this movie? before. I didn't even well, know she was. It's right. so in this movie. weird. It's so weird. You're, you're so like, I, who's this character? I mean, Adrian's purpose here really is the scene on the. On the beach, which makes and no
0: sense. It, that makes that, perfect
2: that, sense. Here, I like here that scene. is
0: Adrian. Adrian in the second Rocky movie doesn't want Rocky to fight at all. And amazingly right. enough, he's had ten title defenses, and she's happy that he's retiring. And then he doesn't want to fight anymore. And she's like, no, you better go and fight because there's going to be marital issues if you come back home if you don't fight because you're going to be sitting there thinking about this. She didn't think about this in Rocky two at all, that this would bother him. Rocky two, he couldn't get a
1: job to save his life, okay? Yeah. And yeah. he realized all he can do is boxing. By the time you hit Rocky three, he is rolling in money. She is rolling in money. He is happy because he keeps winning, winning, winning all of these fights that are obviously set up for him to win but he is happy he's not getting his face bashed in every time she is happy well yeah this this is a different fight but in the end she knows he is a boxer that is what he is that is all he is that is what he knows and if he is not boxing he is not happy.
0: I'll prove my point more when we get to Rocky Four, and then she reverts back. It's just inconsistent, Adrian. It's really okay. hot, Adrian. Well, She's really Rocky nice to four, look at. Well, Rocky IV,
1: someone died in the ring. That amps it
0: yeah. up to a yeah, whole new Rocky level. Rocky three, if he dies, he dies. He got, yeah, he got the yeah. worst beating of his life. He was out. He looked bad, and she doesn't want him to go through that again, especially with the fact that he's had eye injuries before. which
2: he no longer
0: has no longer longer has has.
2: they said said he fixed his face yeah oh yeah yeah. paulie said that yeah yeah
0: which i don't Uh, know if that means he got plastic surgery or whatever case right i I think he just lost a lot of weight because he's very very thin i mean oh he's skinny he looks good i mean this is this is Sylvester stallone from here on out where he's got he he said
2: that he only had two percent body fat for this movie i believe it yeah you can you can tell it it's it's as artificial as hulk hogan's muscles but um, (laughs) wow it's uh, the first
4: hgh uh, accusation of the night
2: i agree with both (laughs) eric and ken here believe that she's changed her character changed here we don't really have a basis as to why other than it seems like basically greed that she's changed her tune my biggest question about the whole adrian character why does she have to go to training with him in los angeles and why do they have to leave the kid behind they completely abandon the kid, and there goes mom and dad. They're going off to train. Why, Why does Polly? Adrian have to be there to train? Because yeah, Adrian
0: I... wasn't there in Rocky Four, was she? Not till the end, but yeah. I like every time he leaves his kid. His kid turns like four or five years older to the next movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the same <laughs> and time, and his period, glasses but...
1: are getting thicker and thicker every year too.
0: It's a shame because Adrian is a wonderful character. and yes. um, especially in the first movie, she is perfect. And the second one, she becomes a little whiny and a little. I just had problems with her. And then the third one, she's just non-existent. She's in the stands, having a good time, dancing with the crowd. Like, my husband Mm -hmm. can't be beat, that type of deal. And it's like, wait a second, this is the same Adrian that every time he gets into the ring, she's, like, scared to death for him? It, It all changes.
4: She's not the romantic lead Apollo Creed is. And if you don't believe me, watch yeah. the montage on the beach.
0: Oh, yeah. Right yeah. at the end where they embrace each other in, in, in the water.
4: water so. Yeah. And, and I, I'm I going to tell you that that is consistent with the montage in two because I just watched two again today. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he did the same jump where he's like giddy and like jumping up doing his training and all that. So I'm like, all right, it's it checks out. So
0: they have a really it, weird obsession uh, with their thighs. They like focusing on those two men's thighs, and yeah, they're like flapping. Well, when they we'll, we'll
2: get we'll get to that whole, <laughs> that, whole that whole farce. Yeah, that's uh, just crazy. Yeah. Um, you mean, like when
4: he that. outruns him, and he's like clearly like half a foot taller. and That would never it's, happen.
2: It is the, the most. <laughs> it's the most unbelievable part of the whole movie. Yeah, it's good spectacle though. I oh mean, yeah. <laughs> but it's completely un- unbelievable. If
0: you would have but, at least started it off with a race and they were a little bit closer instead of Apollo just totally like Apollo's beating him running backwards.
2: I mean, and then yeah. you're going to convince me because, that Rocky's going to be okay. able to beat him
0: on a straight race?
2: Before we get into Apollo. Just and, go into and it, Rocky man. Here, just do it. Go into it. Uh, the whole scene with Adrian on the on the beach. This is another thing that I think that this is where Gene Siskel was kind of right. I do like the scene, but their acting, Stallone and Talia Shire's acting there, is one of the most brutal parts of the first three movies. They're both very wooden, and Stallone can be wooden anyway. (laughs) No. She doesn't have the character... That she has in the first in the first two movies, where it just seems off the acting seems off. I don't know if there maybe was another cut that they had of that that might have been better, but both seem very wooden here, um, in like that's
0: overacting, and maybe that's because she doesn't have barely any lines up until that
2: point. It seems more like we're reciting lines than acting, but the whole sentiment of that scene. I think is deserved. He has to come to terms and admit that he's scared. Personal doubt is a good thing. And I'll give my opinion, another opinion later on. But if we're getting into Rocky and Apollo, I actually like this relationship that Apollo turns into. I think Apollo is awesome here. The problem I have is the montage scene. Let's face some hard facts. Carl Weathers was an NFL athlete. There is in no world where Sylvester Stallone will beat him in a straight-up race. You can see that in the first time they race. Crow oh, yeah. Weathers <laughs> leaves Sylvester Stallone in the dust. Why they continually to show the, the leg muscles is beyond me in this, in this whole sequence. But you can see he's trying, and he dusts Sylvester Stallone and to the point where Sylvester Stallone has to quit. He's running against an NFL athlete. When when Rocky You're they do this, the montage, you? when they this. do the montage where Rocky keeps up with Carl Weathers, if you watch it real close, you can Carl see Weathers Carl is Weathers.
1: on a treadmill while he uh, is
2: <laughs> he is looking out of the side of his eyes to make sure that he's not dusting him. Yeah. And his muscles are not rippling like they do in that first when they first do it. And it's so obvious that he <laughs> He's just treading. He's treading water, trying to He's make sure jogging, that he doesn't. Isn't He's dust a... well,
0: but let's not forget that Sylvester Sloan is a fast runner. Granted, I don't think he wins this race by any means. Rocky can run if, extremely if, fast. If, what are, if they, what if are they you basing race
2: that
0: on? On the documentary of Rocky, okay. where the crews and everything said that. He, he was extremely fast. In fact, when they were in the van filming him, the van had to speed up because he was going as fast as he could. Okay. Wow. Okay, whatever.
2: Yeah. They're, they're being paid to say this. Carl Weathers I, wins 100 times. I agree wow. with you on that, but you're <laughs>
0: dismissing that like Rocky should be
2: like a half a mile behind him. It's ridiculous. They should have never been put in that situation. Probably <laughs> the best acting in all of the Rocky movies combined. Is <laughs> Carl Weathers making that last that last best race actor seem nomination, Carl Weathers. No, and
0: I get it, but don't forget that Apollo Creed is supposedly eight years older than Rocky is too. So and he Carl is Weathers older. is
2: actually two years younger than Sylvester Stallone. But in the movie Oh he's, no kidding. In,
0: in, yeah. in the movie he's older. And in the movie, he hasn't. That's why he's
1: in... not going to be fighting Clubber Lang himself.
0: Yeah, because he's been out of boxing for three plus years. So there's a lot of things here that's the if you would have mashed them up stride for stride and ended it that way, I would have been great. But to have him go past Apollo, that's a problem. But if you had oh, him running it. together, that looks awesome. When they're doing the mirror boxing, where they're both doing mirror boxing oh, yeah. together, yeah. and they're going, and they're step for step, that is yeah. great. I love that. That is really cool.
2: And, so and I that's think actual do... boxing stuff. I'm right. all good with that. <laughs>
4: <laughs> my thing Doesn't is this the... make you want to watch Predator, it's,
2: though? It's, like... pure... <laughs> it's pure athleticism. The race down the <laughs> beach is pure athleticism. Is, is this it's your so biggest obvious.
1: pet peeve of the movie?
2: I actually love it oh my because goodness. it makes me okay. it makes me laugh all so right. hard it watching Carl Weathers trying try, and, I, try to make what, that look believable. I'm good. I have to I have to go
1: back now and watch it and watch Carl Weathers see if he's looking out the corner of his eyes. He's running. I gotta
2: <laughs> yeah. I and, gotta watch this again. All you have to do is watch what they're highlighting. They continually highlight the legs. If You can watch the muscles in his legs differ so much from the first run to the second run. It's it's comical you need rocky to eventually and like, beat him exactly for his exactly. training but i
1: know
0: it, it but works, he, and... he does that in the ring so like when they're sparring he turns apollo around that's good enough
2: apollo then has imparted the wisdom of fighting like an actual boxer yep to rocky you're exactly right ken when he slips and ducks and comes on the other side of apollo and gets between him and apollo in the ring and the ropes that's one of those things where you're like okay rocky's got it now he understands how to actually box they just didn't need the the race
0: thing that's a good little moment too outside of the race the montage itself is wonderful him doing all those different things swimming and with the ball and i love montages i think this movie is it should have just been called rocky three the montage It's (laughs) it's, full <laughs> it's of like a the... film
2: on a conveyor belt. Yeah. Is this the movie that started the whole rest of the 80s montage thing? Because I wouldn't you get, doubt it you had get to the, coming out in 80s. You, you so. get this <laughs> in every movie following. You get it in the Karate this in Chariots Kid. of Fire, right? Yeah. So maybe that, was maybe that was the first one. But you get yeah. all of these montages after the are basically copycatting what we see here in Rocky Three. But these
0: montages, especially the first one where we see him winning all these fights. The balance between him winning his fights and showing Clubber Lang winning his fights and training, going back and forth and showing Rocky in love with Adrian.
1: Did you notice that things. that Clubber Lang is training like Rocky trained in the first one?
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. I love how they portray that as for the first fight because even though it's kind of crazy, the Eye of the Tiger thing, even though Apollo continually says it throughout the movie, which is kind of annoying, the fact that they use that song. I get it. You understand. That's why Apollo doesn't have to say it so often. You understand the eye of the tiger. Clubber has it. Rocky doesn't. You get hit over the head repeatedly, especially in for the first fight. You know that Rocky's going to get his lunch handed to win.
0: Here's the problem with that eye of the tiger thing. So Apollo says that when we fought last, I trained hard, but you had that eye of the tiger. No, Rocky did not have the eye of the tiger when he came into <laughs> he that did. ring. He had no the jacket. He did. he did not have well, he a <laughs> he had had jacket, jacket, but he did not have that edge. In fact, when Apollo and him touch gloves, he says, You're going down. And he gives this look like, Yeah, probably so. He doesn't have this eye of the tiger. So every time he says, He had, well, it, so like, he yeah, had it in, in the, the first
2: movie. He at least Maybe in the first
0: movie he did, but in the second movie, he definitely does not have that look. The
4: later rounds, maybe. Like if maybe you think about it, it that way round
0: changes. Apollo is, has that eye of the tiger look when he's going to the ring. In fact, Apollo has that look throughout the whole 15 rounds, and that's the reason why he loses is because he wants that knockout so bad he doesn't realize that he's tired and
2: he's beat up. The first you know. five minutes of this movie made me hate the end of Rocky II even more. I still yeah. hate the fact that it, that they both went down. I, it's ridiculous and stupid. Yeah. Uh, but he goes we we talk way about that. too
4: often. Just way yeah. too. Like, oh, first round, he's down. Oh, he's back up. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Why don't you pace yourself, there, guys?
2: The whole thing that he has to climb the ropes to get back up, and that's, and that's how you end a boxing match is completely garbage, in my opinion. He, Rocky should have won based off of basically knocking Apollo Creed out. But mm-hmm. as far as if we're gonna get into Clubber Lang. I think he's extremely interesting, barring the fact that he probably would have been suspended for life for doing some of the things he does in the ring, where he continually hits the guy as they're down on one knee. That's a That assault. Would have been disqualified. That, yeah, would that, have... That, that crosses into the line of assault. In the that ring, is um, such a
4: convincing actor, though. Like, oh yeah. As a, as a boxer, you look at like the the physical choreography right. of him as opposed to like Sylvester Stallone. You're like, holy crap, this guy is legit.
2: Mr. T will never do another role and be as good as he is as Clubber Lang. This is the top of the mountain for him, and unfortunately, it's his first movie. Not the 18. Not, not no, DC I, I, I liked the DC 18. Cab Cab. But, DC you Cab. know, was yeah. DC? <laughs> A Team was was schlocked. As a kid, the A Team was awesome. It was the best thing on TV. As now a, you for, look at for, it, for you're like, Oh my goodness. It's bad it's horrible. But as Big a Dwight bad, Schultz guy over here, so Okay. <laughs> as as a bad guy in Rocky three, and I distinctly remember this as a kid being like, That's not Mr. T <laughs> because the Mr. T that I knew was Mr. T from wrestlemania one where he's friends with hulk hogan and he's a good guy from the a-team and to see him as this he is a bad guy he's the prototypical bad guy here mr t is awesome as clever lang and almost makes me wish that they would have done something a little bit different and ken you and i and i believe eric you had mentioned this and when we did rocky 2 it would have been more interesting to see Rocky II in the eyes of Apollo Creed. If Rocky Three is a showcase for Clubber Lang, he's so convincing as a villain that he makes you want to know more about him. Mm-hmm. And that I think that's the testament to any good bad guy. When he's on screen, he demands attention. And you feel it. You want Rocky to beat him up. And you understand why Mickey doesn't want Rocky anywhere near him. Although I will say Mickey is a little bit old because all three movies, he tells Rocky that he's washed up and he's not going to amount to everything.
0: I disagree with you about Clever. Here's the reason why I disagree. He's a cartoonish villain. I don't need to know more about him because all he does is he's mean. We don't see any different facets of his life. We don't see any type of different emotion. Like see, his work ethic? All we see is determination. You want to see his and, home life and, and stuff? We don't see home life. We don't see him happy. We don't see him sad. We don't see anything about him except that he's just mad. Constantly mad. That's what mad. you want. That's what you need to see. Right, and that's you what you want. You see want. Him relentlessly
4: that, training, though. I, like I agree. Relentlessly I'm not, sacrificing. I'm not
0: saying it, I don't like the character. Yeah. I love the character. What I'm saying here is I don't need to know more because the fact he's one-dimensional. If I get to know more, that might take away from all that evilness that he represents. To me, out of all oppositions that he's had, Rocky has, Clever Lang is the hardest one. It's the most evil one. I mean, Drago and Four. we can talk about that later, but he's kind of a manufactured product. Whereas Clever is this guy who has this determination. He's willing to sacrifice everything to win that championship. And I think that's what makes his character endearing. Add more to that. I think that takes it away and he becomes less intimidating. And that's why I disagree with you.
2: Are you saying it's kind of like the Darth Vader uh, conundrum where the more you learned about him, the less menacing he became? I can understand that to a certain extent. There's a way that that can be done that would not make him lose his edge. I think the Karate Kid see... series
0: does like Cobra Kai does a very good job of doing something like that, but it's right. very rarely that we get a backstory on a ruthless guy. We want Rocky so badly to beat this guy because he is everything that represents what we need to overcome.
2: But ultimately, we shouldn't hate Clubber Lang because he is he is the desire. I mean, he exactly. does show the passion. He's just mean as hell doing it.
0: It's just like what Clever Lang says about Rocky. I don't hate him, but I'll, I'll beat on any man that tries to take what I got. And it's the same thing with us as Rocky fans. We don't hate Clever, but because he took something away from Rocky, we want Rocky to beat the crap out of him.
4: You also want Rocky to get back to where he was to get his head straight. And that's Clubber Lang right there because Clubber represents everything Rocky was going into the fight where he was hungry and he was challenged and he was trying to achieve something. And Rocky has grown complacent and lazy and gone Hollywood, as you would say. That's why he has to get past Clubber. And it's really about the Rocky versus
0: Rocky sort of conflict. He becomes Floyd Mayweather. I know Ted will enjoy that. He, <laughs> mm-hmm. he fights guys that they're good fighters but they're not Cary great picked. fighters. Mayweather well, Mayweather has always been accused of fighting of doing people that. past their yeah. prime or before their prime. Oh, like good, Jake Paul.
2: Not, <laughs> no. not good that does that that we want to that. there. Farce. that doesn't classify as a boxing farce character. of yeah. epic proportions. Well, you
4: mean like like fighting someone who's not in his weight class or or fighting someone like like Manny Pacquiao where it's like
2: Five years right later, they're yeah. way past yeah or fighting canelo alvarez before i've Runny been established as a as a champion i get though what mickey's trying to do here for him i don't it, like what mickey does i understand why rocky's upset with what mickey does
0: but it makes sense to it's it. kind I mean, of if you think boat. about it
2: in boxing in general.
0: We've seen this. We just talked about Mayweather. Sugar Ray Leonard was like that. Sugar Ray Leonard would wait until somebody was in a perfect situation. Like like Marvin Hagler? Like Marvin Hagler. Yeah. I've I've never said that that wasn't the case. I'm a big Sugar Ray Leonard fan and Ted knows it, but I know for the fact that Sugar Ray Leonard waited to Marvin Hagler was... Lost a step or two. Lost a step or two to basically to beat him. And that's basically what Mickey's character here does with Rocky. He gives him opportunities to win to keep it going because what Rocky did was amazing and probably should get paid for what he did. But Clever himself, he probably deserves this more than Rocky ever has because Clever has been doing this all his life, working hard. He's bona fide. Yeah. Whereas Rocky, he just got a lucky chance. chance. Right. Yeah. Just a random chance, but Clever deserves this.
2: I love Clever Lang. I think it's kind of crappy well, I don't know, that he wouldn't have gotten a rematch. We don't know based... what happens to him
0: after this movie that moves to Stallone... DC
2: and runs a cab. Yeah. I guess I guess Sylvester Stallone did do an interview in which they asked, and I guess Sylvester Stallone answered that Clever Lang became a born again Christian and became a pacifist. Some weird Actually, shit. That, doesn't like that. Make,
0: that makes sense to me. You know why? Because I think when you go from one extreme one main, to the other, extreme to the other, exactly. That's, well, it's, you, it's did like, you notice
4: he didn't really use foul language? No, like when never. He's like, no. he Give a jab. Give so jab
0: He proposed sexual um innuendos to Rocky yeah. Is, <laughs> yeah he,
4: the he said, only was... time Mr. T has ever said anything about, like, sex or, or anything along those lines. And all he really said was, he's a
2: real man. Mr. T took his mom to a viewing of the, the movie, and she walked out. She Because she looked at him, and she says, I didn't teach you to talk to women like that. And she walked wow. out of the movie and never saw it. He but... made a record,
4: and, like, the, the hit song on it was Mother. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> And he's been inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, into the celebrities' wing of the WWE Hall of Fame. and t Rose, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and actually, he was. Usually when the celebrities are inducted, they give, you know, like a, a five-minute speech. He went on for 25 minutes, and it was all about his mom. It's become a running joke that Mr. T's going to talk about his mom. He's a big mama's boy? Yeah. yeah. And oh, now yeah. he sells exactly. appliances for Aaron's bad charges. A... Him, him and T's Man here. <laughs> yeah, him and Man cow.
1: Two names from the past. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do we want to uh, brief about Hulk Hogan since we're talking Clever Lang Hogan, and wrestlers? I don't think
0: we need to touch Hogan too much.
1: Really? Good old Terry. I think we've I,
0: talked I a lot. i tell you
4: guys. Apollo Creed is my favorite character in all of the Rocky movies.
0: And you're right to say that because he's yeah. got the best acting probably out of everybody that in the series.
2: Yeah. He and was able to keep Sylvester Stallone looking like he could actually beat him in a, in a foot race. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. the best, it's the best acting in
0: any of the movies. He works as that boxer who wants that favor for helping rock re- regain the, the title. Everybody here who's watching the movie knows that Apollo wants a rematch. Rocky's I mean, clueless. He doesn't know what this favor is, but let's be honest here. We all know what it is. He wants and and also, knows. Sexual
2: Let's all be very honest here. If we're talking in real-world terms, Apollo won the first match. Rocky won the second. If we're talking real life boxing, there's no way that there's not going to be a third fight. Of course. right?
3: right.
2: But It's going to be a trilogy, and it was kind of goofy to have Rocky be that oblivious. Of, oh, what's the favor? It's like, come on, you know what the favor is going to be. I remember seeing it and thinking, oh, he's going to ask for a legitimate fight and that we have Rocky Four. Of course, well, that's not what happens. But,
0: that's what should have happened, um, but it doesn't happen.
2: I don't know. I mean, I don't know.
0: Yeah, we, we'd just we'd rather see Apollo we've... get killed in Rocky Four. Or
2: that should have been Rocky
1: Five. Should have been Apollo getting killed by the Russian. There is right?
2: no, well, yeah, because uh, that would have been Push nice for Rocky one. Five. That's how one. Rocky Five never got made.
1: It exists. That should be, a, that should be a podcast. It, it exists like Rocky Clerks Five two does not
2: exist. I, I can't
4: wait until you guys talk about Rambo. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, like I said, oh,
0: Rocky, well, Rocky Five yeah. exists the same way Clerks 2 exists. Oh, no, that's no. not
2: fair. One that's is a real fair. movie, the other is a fictional movie that doesn't exist. You're act Clark, like Rosario know, Dawson isn't the apple of everyone's eye. We know Clerks 2 exists. There is no evidence that Rocky Five exists. And <laughs> you will never be able to convince me that it does. Mickey's death, I think it has the right impact on Rocky. It would have been nice for Rocky to be able to rectify his feelings about feeling betrayed by Mickey. Having that before Mickey dies, I think would have made much more sense. And then you don't necessarily have to have that awkward scene between Rocky and Adrian on the beach. Maybe Adrian can stay at home with her son while Rocky trains. To me, it's unfulfilling that he dies. I understand why they have him die. It's so Apollo Creed can come in and teach Rocky a better way to fight. In that sense, it works. I think having him die before the Clever Lang fight I think it betrays the first Clubber Lang fight, because yes. it kind of makes it seem like that's why Rocky got knocked out, as he gave up. I think that's garbage. I think Clubber Lang just beat the living hell out of it.
0: He would have lost no matter what. He wasn't prepared for the power of Clubber Lang. What I'd like to see, though, is maybe after the fight, they're going back and forth, and Mickey has the heart attack after the fight, but doesn't die. But he ends up in the... Let
1: like, me throw nice this season. scenario at you. Do you guys think the Clubber Lang killed Mickey? No.
2: He had, no. A, he had a bad ticker. It was alluded to during the Thunderlips fight, where Mickey starts to have a minor heart attack there. You have to be pretty gullible not to know that something's going to happen to him. After he has that little mini heart attack during the Thunderlips fight, was it Burgess Meredith couldn't get the contract uh, renewed for Rocky IV? No, I don't no, think, a... think that's. I think it's just the way it was written.
0: I'm just saying that maybe it's because his age. I mean, at this time, Burgess Meredith is 75, 76 years old. Granted, he lives to be, I think, 90, 91. Mm-hmm, but yeah. I, think, I think it's his age. He makes here, a bunch I... of movies after this. Yeah,
4: this is like far from his last film. This was lazy writing. This
0: is enough. That's why I'm saying that I'd rather see him have a heart attack at the end and then he go to ICU. And then Paul still trains him, but then let's say he's able to watch it on closed-circuit TV and sees that Rocky wins. Then they can have that conversation that you just talked about. No, he doesn't have to die. They have that conversation that you were talking about, Ted, where they reconcile— all that stuff about the fights that he had and not in protecting him, and they reconciled them. But then you fade that out, and he isn't brought back again because Mickey's done. Mickey's had the heart attack. Mickey doesn't have to be back in Rocky Four. You could bring him back if you want as like a follower figure that gives advice. The movie that Ted does, says that doesn't exist. They bring Burgess Meredith back as Mickey in Rocky Five. Makes no freaking sense whatsoever.
4: I think what you're saying it's unfulfilling because when Mickey dies. Uh, Rocky makes a choice to forgive him on his deathbed for what he did. He never gets that catharsis that you're talking about that, that he could have that longing is what contributes to him working with who was, you know, his rival, Apollo Creed. Mm -hmm. That longing is what kind of spurs him along. Like his character is moving because he's like, like you said, I'm a boxer. You know, it's what I do. I'm a fighter. You know, do I really have what it takes to beat this guy? You know? And and I, I think with that death, and that that sort of unsatisfaction that's what gives him the drive to go and do this again because rightfully so he shouldn't get back in the ring with him he, he could just be done
2: hmm. i agree with you 100 percent, and i love the use of the word catharsis here ultimately i think even though the the acting is a little bit stunted between adrian and rocky it's not rocky and adrian that should have been having that conversation it should have been rocky and mickey having that conversation and even if you have him Pass away and, his, and Mickey's last words to him are, I know you can do it. Yeah. And then he passes away. I I think then the whole training up montage of him actually getting what Apollo's teaching, I think it means a lot more rather than have it the way it, it goes. It, it just seems a little lazy to me. Do you think Mickey was a bad boxing coach? A little bit. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I I was kind of thinking about this because, like, with all the prospects and stuff that he had, I was just thinking, I'm like, it doesn't seem like he was that good at what he did.
2: He never really taught Rocky how to actually box. I mean, that's why Apollo Creed basically turns him into the Elephant Man in in the first movie. I mean, (laughs) it's basically just stand and fight. A stand and fight fighter is going to get tore up by somebody who can actually box.
0: I think Mickey was old school, and I think Mickey knew how to do things. Oh,
2: he was like Jack Dempsey old school. Yeah, Definitely he was Jack, old school. Jack Dempsey,
0: and boxing had evolved, like we were talking about in Rocky he's training with a chicken. Whereas good Apollo, point. <laughs> where Apollo is, you know, he focused more on speed and movement. and technique. And technique, like he said. I think he was good for the match against Apollo, just because Rocky was completely different.
2: They never played up the ultimate style match which was the fact that rocky was a southpaw and he
4: never protected his body he didn't
2: protect his face either so yeah Yeah. Yeah, i mean mean, yeah (laughs) there is that like i said like i said apollo turns him into the elephant man
0: every time i think of mickey i think of those in uh brisk iced tea commercials remember that baby that's brisk baby (laughs) i just keep on thinking about that when i was watching this (laughs) film i just kept on thinking about that yeah. You just want him to drink something.
4: some
1: ice tea and just spit one
4: out. That's brisk, baby. Yeah, I think I of Saturday those. Night Live, the death of Superman, the funeral, where he's going wah wah wah, and then they yeah. go stop stop laughing, and he goes, "This is also how I cry." Wah, wah, <laughs> wah, 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 wah.
2: That goes back to Eric's Burt Ward, Burt Young, conundrum. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: wah, wah, I have wah,
2: I have it written down
1: here, Burt Young, Burt oh, Young, yeah.
0: <laughs> so. I will say, though, that these fights are just awesome. The first two fights, I like the first fight. The second fight, I had problems because they would throw punches and make punching sounds, and there was no connection there. Here, it actually looks like there are actually punches being thrown and people getting hit. When Clever misses Rocky because Rocky's got that skill now, it's cooler because the punches look real. They look like they're going to hurt. I think you get probably a pure 12 minutes of real boxing Actually, I won't say it's real boxing, but I will say it's action boxing. It
2: looks looks a lot realer. Yeah. There's only one part that I don't buy, and that's there is one point where Rocky leaves his feet to throw a punch. It's very comic book-esque. That's not real. But the rest of it looks real. But there's one point where it's like, you almost want to see the, go back to Batman. You want to see the pow. (laughs) He actually leaves his feet to throw a punch. And that's a little far Is it the punch that knocks him out? Knocks Clover out? (sighs) I don't think it's the one that knocks him out. But it's in that fight that there's a point where he, to enforce the fact that it's, that this is a really strong punch that he leaves his feet. I was almost afraid that that he was going to fall down after he hit Clever I thought so, too. I'm like, have I forgotten this much of the movie that he falls his ass down again in the ring, and we have to have another climbing contest to finish a fight? Well, he did slip at one point. Mercifully, they don't do that here. And it's a legitimate win for Rocky. I will say, one of the guilty pleasures of this whole movie... I kind of dig the fight between Hulk Hogan and Rocky. Oh, absolutely. What, what drives me insane is the fact that Polly and Mickey, have they never watched wrestling before? Are they not wise to what wrestling is? They treat it like this is going to be a real fight. Before the fight, there's no talk between the two fighters of what they're going to do.
0: In fact, who put this match together? I thought Mickey was his manager. I thought
2: he arranged fights, and he's like, "Why I did you agree was, to this?" I think Aren't, this was Rocky going. I AWOL? he wants to. He wants to. Yeah, he wants to do this for the charity. I think he signed. He got this all for himself. But it just it begs the question because what they're doing here is up until WrestleMania one. The biggest closed-circuit fight in history was Muhammad Ali went over to Japan and fought Inoki, what is now New Japan Wrestling. If you follow wrestling, is like the third largest wrestling company in the world. Inoki ran it. He was the Japanese heavyweight world champion. And to have Muhammad Ali go over and fight him in Japan at the Tokyo Dome was a massive thing they sold like a hundred thousand tickets it's basically what vince mcmahon wanted wrestlemania to end up becoming and it's the spectacle that wrestlemania 3 became in detroit and so this is what they're trying to get at with the boxer versus the wrestler it's so weird because mickey i guess he thinks that thunder Lips is a real fighter
4: so does Rocky. <laughs> so does Rocky, yeah.
2: yeah it's exactly. Like, it's like Thunderlifts didn't wise him up to the business, and this isn't the first time, it won't be the last time, that boxers got into a ring in wrestling. I, I think they have to be wised up what the whole deal is here. Because basically, if Rocky would have hit Hulk Hogan with some of the punches that he's throwing bare-fisted, at Hulk Hogan, he would have killed Hulk Hogan. Let's I mean, be if we're being one hundred here, but it kind of loses a little bit of the the aura of Rocky, or even Sylvester Stallone, because you find out just how short he is. Oh yeah, because he barely comes up to the navel of Hulk Hogan. I mean, Hulk Hogan's six six. I mean, Hulk Hogan is. A specimen at this point in time.
0: let to say he was seven foot tall
2: to make right. Rocky look to make a little it seem bigger. like Rocky's bigger than he is. Right and yeah and Hogan is he's a legit six six and Sylvester Stallone is Tom Cruise midget sized. What is he like? Uh, he's not five he's, nine. What he's he? like five six five seven. So yeah, that's he's actually
1: considered average height. Dude, I'm five five. But, so let's be careful on the midget dog yeah. here. All right? But... <laughs>
2: legitimate like almost a foot smaller than hulk Hogan. easily it's, absolutely i mean and yet he was able to uh, lift him over the ropes and throw right. him out of the ring and that's another one of the funny things and this is why it's so shocking that they wouldn't have wisened rocky up to the business because even stallone admits and he thanked hulk hogan for jumping into his arms because he couldn't deadlift hulk hogan oh yeah no definitely <laughs> no so, to me, it's fun because Hulk Hogan is from childhood as somebody that he's always been part of my entertainment life. It's really cool to see him in Ice T. Being in Rocky 3 is part of why I saw Rocky 3. And it, mm-hmm. it was weird because you come into it and you're thinking, oh, it's Hulk Hogan. And it's pre Hulkamania Hulk Hogan. Wait, you, you mean Mr. T, right? Yeah, Mr. T. Did okay, I say Ice I was thinking, yeah. I did was... I say Ice T? You said Ice T, did yeah. I? Oh, What's that's a Isaac completely King? different movie. I was, you got me thirsty. I was, I was the
4: kids like are it. calling it Club Lang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's
2: a completely different movie than I I Ice-T's fighting. That's a was different it was thing. He in
4: Judgment Night? No.
2: It could have been. What was
4: Ice-T ice in, besides Law & Order SVU?
1: <laughs> I think it's ice Order.
4: Now he's doing um, uh, Cheerios, I think.
1: Yeah, something like that. No, he's doing those Tide commercials with Cold Call, Stone Austin,
4: yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cold Call.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I liked him on
4: Rick and Morty.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I like this part of it. I think it's fun, even though it's kind of confusing at times. But I I, I think it's a fun little thing. And, of course, it's for charity.
0: I don't need Rocky to throw him out of the ring. (laughs) No, that's ridiculous.
2: That's completely <laughs> ridiculous, but let's face it. Some of wrestling is ridiculous, but here's the thing in real life. Anoki pinned Muhammad Ali. The wrestler was still protected. Wrestlers I, are tough
4: I, as nails, man. I mean, wrestlers and oh, hockey, yeah. hockey players. I mean, not, yep. not to say boxers are not and boxers get
2: punched more, but I'm just saying, don't
4: discount how tough these guys are. Oh, especially the old the, school guys.
2: <laughs> yeah, they are athletes for sure. I still love wrestling to this day. So I don't ever doubt that. I just, it's kind of weird to see little bitty Sylvester Stallone throw a Hulk Hogan out of the ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, little it's, bitty. it's a little weird.
4: Yeah. This movie has a lot of the rule of cool, you know, where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, that was cool, but, you know, maybe it doesn't work, you know, and it doesn't move the plot or it doesn't do anything, but it was cool to watch.
2: Yeah, there's a lot about this movie that's really enjoyable. The rule of cool.
0: I like it.
2: This movie. With all its faults,
0: makes up for it in pace. The pace of this Mm -hmm. movie is perfect. It's very tight. It's very tight, which 2 wasn't. 2 was so boring at times. I mean, I can go and make myself a sandwich and not really miss anything in 2. And I give credit for Sylvester Stone. He becomes a better director here in 3. Not a better writer. He goes down in the writing aspect, but as far as being a director... This might be his best work as a director. Interesting.
2: It's almost like Sylvester Stallone is almost prophetic here because we're right at the edge of Mike Tyson. 1983, he was still an unknown type fighter. The rumblings were there. If you go back to that time, it was a little bit before the, anything that I would have known about it, the 1983. But looking back, if you t- hear anybody talk about it, 1983, we're right on the fringes of Mike Tyson. And Mike Tyson is Clubber Lang. I mean, he was the destroyer. Except for Mike the speaking Tyson, voice.
0: The speaking voice is completely different. Um, yeah, <laughs> well, obviously. And he
4: doesn't <laughs> have a mouthpiece either, but, like but, like it, a Don King.
2: I moved out the we I mean, champion. But Mike Tyson was that, he was that killer. He was a destroyer in the ring. They almost had to cattle prod poor Spinks into the ring to fight him when Tyson won the undisputed heavyweight championship. People were afraid to get in the ring with him. And you get that feeling that that's what Clubber Lang is. And even as Clubber is down, it was eerie for me because when Clubber's down, he's almost down on two fists. And that's one of the lasting images I think of when I see Mike Tyson down on the ground after being knocked out by Buster Douglas and he's searching for the, for his mouthpiece. It's almost identical. It's really, really eerie. Let's talk
1: reviews. Good. I can't, I was going to say, you were already starting to you give your review there. Ken tell us what you think of the movie.
0: Rocky three is a fast paced, enjoyable romp. We don't have the dialogue, but we have the direction The montages are great. They give us the information we need, and they're entertaining at the same time. That's what you want a montage to do. You want it to entertain and get you up to date, and he does a great job. It is sad that Adrian's character basically has one scene, and that's basically it. Polly's made into a racist, unfortunately, and Mickey, I mean, maybe they had to kill him off because he started to become... Joke of itself, Mickey is starting to get old, the Mickey character, I think. So I think it's not a terrible thing to get rid of him. The death scene itself, I didn't talk much about it, but I will say this. It was very heavy-handed, but at the same time, I do tear up when Mickey does die. It does what it's supposed to do. Carl Weathers does a great job as Apollo again. I hate the fact that I'll get rid of him after the fourth film because I think at times when it needs something different, Carl Weathers brings that something different to the films, and it definitely shows here in, in Rocky III. I love the the boxing in here. I love the fast pace of it. I like this even a tad more than Rocky. I'm not saying that this is a better made film, but for entertainment value for myself, Rocky III is a tad better. And on that note, I'm going to give it a B B+, which I also gave Rocky, but like I said, slightly better All right, Justin,
4: what are your thoughts? I love what he said there about how it's more enjoyable. You know, a lot of the stuff he said is really true. There's pieces of the film that just work so much better. You lose the characters where you lose that sweetness I was talking about with Rocky. And it's like he tries to get it back. Rocky, too, he's like playing with the neighborhood kids and making jokes and stuff. And this one, you're like, who is this guy? Like you see him on The Muppet Show. That's kind of silly too. I like that they bring in like those real life aspects of things that happened after Rocky. Like Pauly goes and sees a Rocky pinball machine and that's a that was a real thing at the time. I like those aspects. It's it's kind of meta in that. This is easily one of my favorite Rockies because I, I like 4 a lot. I, I realize they've probably seen 4 the most, but I definitely like this better than 1 and 2. I've got to agree with Ken on this. You know, it's, it's an above average film that I enjoy and I hadn't seen it before for the first time. And I'm like, wow, I really like this one better than the first and the second. You know, I'm going to go with a B plus
2: as well. Nice. Ted probably was a little too harsh on Rocky too, but I don't really think so because Rocky had built this up and I held it to a standard and Rocky three for me, this hits more feelings. I remember liking as a kid a lot, whereas Rocky II really didn't. It has a little bit of a different aspect here for me to toss into my review. I like that this is fast-paced. I think 100 minutes is perfect for this movie. It runs fast and it runs good. And there's never a point where you're like, okay, we need to get past this. Because the moment it starts to get a little bit boring or heavy-handed, which I agree with Ken 100%, the death scene of Mickey is heavy-handed. The acting is not very good. Sylvester Stallone does a very good way here of hiding his faults, whereas he tried to do something in two that he was not, as an actor, was not capable of doing. Here, he hits all the right notes, and it's cut very well. The boxing actually looks like boxing. It has some of the best boxing sequences probably in uh, in almost any boxing movie. And it's highly entertaining. And whether or not they were paying homage to certain things like Muhammad Ali's Rope-A-Dope is kind of what Rocky does to Clubber Lang. And you incorporate some things that are real life into the actual boxing where it's not just a, a stand and brawl type of a thing. Any good hero has to have a good villain. And I think that's what happens in Rocky II. In Rocky, Apollo Creed is the villain. There's no doubt about it. In Rocky two, there's no villain. You feel kind of bad for Apollo that he's getting dissed, that he didn't really win the fight. You never get the feeling that Apollo's a bad guy. Clubber Lang is a bad guy. He poses a real credible threat to Rocky. You even get to see him beat Rocky and knock out Rocky. That makes the whole thing. The reason Batman is so popular as a comic book and as a figure and why they continue to make movies about him is because he has the most interesting villains to fight against. I think Clubber Lang rules here. He is awesome. And yes, some of the acting is kind of schlocky, but it doesn't matter here because the movie is entertaining it tells a good story too It doesn't try to get too bogged down in the story so for that fact i'm giving it a solid b we're right up there with what i gave rocky i'm extremely satisfied with this movie and i can't wait into the future when we finally do rocky 4 rocky cures communism because that's like justin said that's the one that i've seen the most drago is to me Along with Clever Lang, the two best villains. And Drago might be one of the best villains in in the 1980s schlock movie, a sports movie series. Very cool. I got to say, this movie, uh, everything
1: you guys said is right on. I can't argue with anything you've said. I love this movie. I love it better than Rocky 1 and Rocky 2. I'm not a real big Rocky 1 fan, which I know throws everyone off. I liked the second one slightly better. Very, very slightly. But this one, this is a home run. Yeah, it's a little schlocky, but this thing moves. This thing is like just a 15-round fight. It just keeps going, and you just want to keep watching and watching and watching. Mr. T, Clever Lang, is a great actor in this movie. It is a great villain. And you're right, it's a very unique villain because... You're rooting for him early on because you're like, you know what? Someone needs to teach Rocky a lesson and he's just going to knock the hell out of him. And he does. With every uh, good guy, if you will, he comes up out of the ashes to to win. It's a great movie. It flows well. I love it. I was really, really impressed watching this because I hadn't seen it in decades to be honest so i'm really watching this thing with virgin eyes if you will almost scenes that i forgot watching from a to z it just had me the whole time i love the boxing scenes definitely very realistic definitely very watchable for this movie i'm going with justin and ken this is a b plus for me all day so it looks like all four of us love this one more than the first two isn't that weird that the third movie in the series is better than the first two Very rare
4: for a third yeah but a, a sequel you know, i could usually see like a sequel like aliens as opposed to alien or terminator 2 as opposed to
2: terminator you'd be a predator 2 fan just putting that out there guys but uh <laughs> or for doing 80s uh nightmare Numb street 3 is considered one oh, of yeah, the best of the nightmare on streets that is
4: predator 2 well I did like you... predator 2 yes
2: all
0: right, this is the last time we're going to have Justin on the <laughs> yeah, podcast. Exactly.
4: Uh, well, Justin,
0: it's been nice having it's you. It's been around.
2: a pleasure. Come on,
4: Gary Busey in a in a meat locker. Come
2: on. <laughs> uh, um, so that's what happened to Gary Busey, and why he's so weird. Yeah, that's gotcha.
4: that's that's what happened. Nothing to do with dogs and cocaine. No, you know,
0: no. And the no. fun part about this podcast is celebrating the 40th year of Rocky Three. Oh, How how's that? Wow. Crazy. Possible. Well, guys, we are old. Yes. That's <laughs> yes. what that means.
1: Yes. All right. Well, that was Rocky 3 I'm glad we all enjoyed uh, talking about this one. Uh, what do we have coming up next?
2: What's our next series here? The next series is going to be my series of movies. It's going to be Quentin Tarantino. And the first movie we're going to do is the masterpiece, Pulp Fiction. All right. Wow. All right. Frank Whaley. exactly and because what i'm going to do is i've picked the three movies that i'm going to do the rest will be put up on facebook by ken and our listeners will be able to choose what the fourth movie of the tarantino series that i do um is going to be i am going to do once upon a time kill bill and we're going to do pulp fiction
1: Now, are we doing just Kill
2: Bill 1 or 2? I'm going by what Quentin has said. Okay. Kill Bill 1 and 2 should have been one movie, and we'll talk about it when we do Kill Bill. There was a limited run in Los Angeles of a Quentin Tarantino cut that was three and a half hours long and was all one movie, and you can't find it anywhere. It's only been seen a handful of times. But for this podcast, um, are we doing but For just- this podcast, it'll be one and two. It'll oh, be a boy. supersized episode.
1: Supersized. That's right. Cool. I'm looking forward to that one. Well, that's all the time we have on uh, Rocky 3 today.
2: Ted, tell us where they can find us out there on the World Wide Web. We can be found on Twitter at movie underscore marquee with two E's. And whatever podcast version you're listening to us on, whether it be Spotify or Apple, if you could give us a rating and review, that would be wonderful. If you're listening to us on Anchor, thank you for listening to us on Anchor. But the rating and review goes through Spotify and Apple. And if you give us five stars, that'll give us an opportunity to be seen by more people. It's an algorithm, and it's very confusing, but it helps. It's like FICO scores.
1: It's all scientific. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. What are they saying about us on Facebook, Ken? Hopefully good things.
0: Well, join us on our Facebook page at The Movie Marquee. Join in the conversation. The last couple of articles we had there, Justin actually provided one of them. Seven of the most underrated comedies of the 1990s. Thank you, Justin, for posting that up there.
4: And we put also- Kingpin
0: in there. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and, I love Kingpin. And love Basketball, Kingpin. one of my favorite movies. Basketball, oh, Basketball too. Love uh, that, too. Steve Perry. I was telling Justin the other day that when me and Eric will go play top golf, he goes up there and I go, Steve Perry. Perry, yes. that's right. <laughs> it's fun. But uh, the other article that we put out there also is the 30th anniversary of White Men Can't Jump. Hopefully, we'll be reviewing that movie down the road because that's one of my favorite. Ron Shelton classic. It's a great love movie. love
2: White Man Can't Jump.
0: Hey, Justin, why don't you plug your podcast one more time? Where can shameless they find plug, you?
4: Shameless plug. I, I'll, I'll start off with this. Uh, to all the listeners out there, what an opportunity this was for me to get just uh, some time in with these guys, because this is my weekly required listening. This is my favorite podcast. I, I just wanted to thank them for having me on. I am an avid listener. I'm a nerd about this podcast. You, you could check out my shows, Geek Life HQ, at Geek Life HQ, on um, either Twitter or on uh, Instagram. You know, sometimes we do funny stuff on there. Sometimes we do... Uh, interviews we we had John Reese Davies, Penelope Spheris, and Bobcat Gulfwaite and Dana Gould. So sometimes we get some good people and then sometimes we make Dick and Fart jokes. So, you know, you <laughs> you whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like we had a whole episode about baseball players who had funny names and there was like a guy named Tony Suck. Yeah. So it's like, you know, that's a good bit. But you can also check out uh, the other shows that I have. The Fantastic podcasts, You can check that out. And um, also Epic Tales from the Sewers, the Ninja Turtles podcast.
2: Very cool. Well, I hope say, you had fun with us. Yes. Oh, thank yeah. you so much, Justin, for everything that you've done to help us get out there. We appreciate it. Thank you I'll for Spaceballs. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, no, and I'll And I'll just <laughs> say this. This isn't going to be the last time we hear from Justin. All right. Thumbs up from Justin. Well, thank you, everyone. We
1: appreciate you guys listening. Stay tuned. Next time, we're going to be doing, obviously, Quentin Tarantino, kicking it off with uh, the classic Pulp Fiction. What is that,
2: 1992? 1994.
1: ninety-four. Ninety-four. Yeah. Wow, I'm losing, losing track Seniors of the years Gump. here. That's right, yeah. because the Oscars had their, what, 27-year anniversary, if I remember right, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid <laughs> Forrest Gump. I know, I know. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for listening have a pleasant tomorrow we'll talk to you later see you at the movies
0: see you next time at the movie marquee